it but um, it was a big move uh, and then I ended up having a, a sort of nervous system collapse uh, and I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome and able to leave my job and go um, go um, through various miracles that happened which was all around that time when I was um, seeing you lots of miracles unfolded which I won't go into now but um, we ended up moving up to near Byron Bay and in the beautiful country property and I went and studied music full-time did a music degree so all of all of the intentions that I'd set out um, happened and a lot of that was through personal development and processes through books and courses of say for example I'm just potted history but say with manifesting writing down where I wanted to live what it looked like um, that I wanted to study music full-time all of these were huge huge goals and at the time in the corporate world I had no idea how I was going to manifest that happening so. well darling when you've done it, you know, <laughs> I've done it. You, you've, you're yes. doing amazing work and you, 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 you live in the dream although you know the thing about living the dream is you're still all of us we still bump up against all the challenges that that life brings us like tech problems and you know all that stuff uh, but uh tell us the story about i love the story that you and david told about your wedding because you came from all these different places you know had the corporate world you had the 12-step program world you had the personal growth world you had the spiritual world sort of the hippie so you brought all these people together in your wedding day and it I've always felt like it would make such a great movie because you just had this hilarious story about what went on there. <laughs> oh, yes. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. As always, wonderful to be with you again. Please remember to like and subscribe if you're listening to this on YouTube or any of the audio podcast platforms and send us your comments and tell us what you think. We love hearing from you. And if you want to keep in touch, remember to join the newsletter on my website. Today, I have a bit of a delight for you. We've got a friend, an old friend. Well, you're not that old. You're about my age. <laughs> We're still young. <laughs> We are. Uh, but we've known each other for a long time. Who's the most incredible musical galactic goddess? Welcome to the show, Lou Vanstone. Oh, thanks so much, Karen. I like galactic goddess. That, I'll take that one. That's great. <laughs> I love that word, galactic. Oh, you That's are awesome. a galactic goddess. <laughs> you are. And you're doing amazing things. And we're going to go into your story. But let me just read out your bio. It's a quite a delicious bio because you get around and you've sort of got you know, lots of, uh, lots of performances under your belt. Lou Vanstone is an internationally renowned celestial singer, multi-instrumentalist and composer. She moves and transforms audiences worldwide with her soaring ethereal voice. Lou's classical training as a soprano and jazz singer 
has allowed her a full creative expression using her stunning vocalization, which spans over a five octave range, which is pretty impressive, Lou. Having overcome <laughs> numerous challenges, including the challenges, tech challenges we've had today. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and obstacles in her life. This has allowed Lou to be empathic and empathetic to the suffering of others. And so Lou cuts through the clatter of the mind and the body and the congested emotions with potent channeled light language transmissions. Her performances at some of the biggest conscious music events and festivals have been reported, uh, many have reported that there's been a, a profound metamorphosis at a deep and cellular level. Her music is from the beyond, which can transport you to other dimensions. Lou has recorded nine albums, including Awakening to the Big Nature Feeling, produced by Rick Price. She's currently working on her latest offering, And There Is Beauty. A celestial sound healing session with Lou can be custom tailored to a specific most pressing needs that you have at the time she is delighted to be able to assist you with your process along your life's eternal journey so there's lots going on honey <laughs> <laughs> and you're up there in queensland i'm here in sydney today we've both got our fans on because it's a hot day it's, it's hot in australia it sure is yes so you're not originally you weren't born here were you, you were born in the uk is that right Yes, I'm English, yes, where, and I've been here, yes. Where were you born in England? Um, I was born actually in the north of England, but that was just, we were there just for a couple of years. Uh, I was born in Manchester, but lived most of my life in the south of England, oh. uh, Surrey and Sussex, and then the last 15 years I was there in London, and when, so I did the London corporate thing. When did you move to Australia? In 99. 99, that was yes. just before you saw me. I yes, I met you very probably months after I arrived right. here within the first year. Yes. Okay. Yes, and you were pivotal in my in my journey moving into a, onto a spiritual path. Well, that's so, what we discussed. It was really interesting. As a young healer, I didn't, you know, around that time, I didn't quite know what my mandate was. But everyone that came to me, including you, was saying you know, I want to change my life. I want to make a difference. I want to shift what I'm doing. I'm in the corporate world. I want to get out of it. I, I don't know who I, who I am. Like it was all that question, but everyone that I spoke to who came for healings was in that transition. And I started to scratch my head and go, okay, there's something going on here. And um, I soon realized that I'm a teacher of teachers and that people that will come to me are in that transition, either at the beginning or somewhere down the path. And yeah, so you were pivotal in helping me understand that about myself because uh, that was really where you were at that time. You were in the corporate world and you were doing quite well. Yes, I was in the corporate world in advertising and I've been working in advertising for 15 years probably, yes. And I got sponsored to come to Australia and I was working for an advertising agency in Sydney I was already on just at the very birth of my spiritual path. And, so uh, yes. what happened to put you on your spiritual path? Um, okay, well, that's a very... <laughs> so that's a whole story in itself. Um, I'd always been musical. I'd always been really creative. And I did what's called a shadow career. Now I now know with more knowledge that um, I 
went into the advertising world as many artists, musicians, singers, writers do. Um, and they may not know that they're artists, singers, musicians, writers, creatives. At the time, they're just, and especially at that era, I was trying to access music. I studied piano um, and it was all classical piano. I was trying to access pop music, trying to do all of that. Anyway, I'll, I'll talk about that a bit later, but I was always creative. Went into advertising, worked very hard to, to get in, got into a top London agency, but I had the same drive that stopped me doing music and drama because I thought, I, I don't have enough drive, I'm not good enough, I'm not going to make it in that world. But when I did advertising, I had to still have the same gumption and grit to, um, to basically fight to get these top jobs as, as, an, as a creative in an advertising agency. It's, it's, it's a pretty tough world. So anyway, I, I was in, in that world and I learned a lot of skills and it was wonderful and hard work, stressful. Um, and I look back now and I think it's definitely, I was a woman in a man's world there. Uh, I can say that. I, I, didn't, I wasn't aware of it at the time, but I, I now know I was pretty naive and not, like if I would go back then, I would have all these plans and, and goals in place and ways that I wanted to. But I just wanted to win awards and be liked, basically. It was kind of, <laughs> that was my motivation. We all just wanted to win awards and um, be, be like rock stars, but in the advertising world. And then, oh, long story short, I, I um, was also kind of partying quite hard at that time. And, and I think my delicate little nervous system started to not enjoy the late nights and the drinking and that kind of stuff. I, and what I would do is um, work really hard and then party at the weekend and then Monday morning back in the gym. So try really, really just trying to be the best and, and really um, being pretty hard on myself, I think. And Yes. You know, well, you know, this story is so common. Like I look around at the younger generation, they're often, it's like this strive for success. We've got to get yes. over this desire to be yes. successful and just, ha and just chill. It's just, yes. Oh, it's just, anyway. It's, and it's just so relevant that I'm talking about this because it's such, such a relevant thing to everybody. It's like, I'm not good enough. Okay. I'm in advertising. This is my show. Okay. I want to shine. I've always had this yearning to be seen and to express and to shine. And as, as a young age, very young age, I said, I want to be famous. I want to be, I want to express. And I now know a bit more where that comes from, but I, that was playing out in advertising. And yeah. you know, don't, don't get up, don't leave your desk till seven, eight o'clock at night. And I'll be sitting there starving, hungry, eating peanuts. And not, not too, too hungry and tired to actually do any thinking work, but going, I can't be seen to be going home. And then have an hour commute home on the train. Oh, no. really, really extreme. But it's really how the Western mind has, maybe not just the Western mind, I'm thinking of Japan, their level of stress and striving for success is out of control to America. But, you know, it's really how our minds have been programmed to sort of pursue this success. You know, back then, uh, sirens going off in the background. Yes, it's, yes, it's a beautiful country <laughs> town here, but, uh, yeah, I don't know what but you know i used to listen to deepak chopper and he'd say do less and achieve more and it used to confound me like how does how do you do less and achieve more 
But really what he was saying is uh, anything that you want, this strive for success is not about what you're doing or the harder you're working or anything like that. It's just about the more relaxed you are. It's like the more chilled you are, the more relaxed you are, you clean up that vibration and it just all unfolds. And um, it's just such a big message that we need to get across that whatever you want, you know, like that sort of pursuit that striving he used to say you know going from striving to arriving that's it that that's it and that is my that's that's my work that i'm doing that's my focus at the moment in my humanness is is to be in that space and as an as an empath i easily get caught up in in how things should be so i just that's my daily my daily work uh, in to be in the same space as I am when I'm in that channeled space uh, in all aspects of my life. So that, that's it rather than, okay, now I'm singing and I've got, you know, the costume on and I'm doing my, and the nice lighting and I'm doing a, a, a channeled sound healing and it's all sacred um, to being in that same space of in the present moment. In the moment. It, it, so, in the moment, no matter what's happening, what, what because it's all one thing. So why would I be one where one mask for one thing and then be a different person? Exactly. For, so you're in the corporate yeah. world. You're, yes. You're, Sorry. You're yes, stressing so. out. You're striving Stress, to be stressing successful. out. Striving. Yes. And did the stress um, like overcome? Like, did you kind of get, you know, freaked out? Yes. Yeah, so it was in two. It was in two phases. So what happened was. Um, I started to sing. I really loved drinking port and champagne, and I was noticing it. And then one day, I was singing to the carpenters and going, "Oh, really drunk and, and <laughs> missing out." And with this yearning in my heart, I felt like my heart was going to explode. And I said, "That's. I have to go and study singing. I have to do it straight away." So several things happened. Went along, rang up the Royal College of Music in London. I didn't go by half, so I went to the and I started lessons with a student there, it was a, 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 someone who was studying singing there. Um, and then, so that, that was that part, that started to change things. And then I also started to do personal development work. So my, my um, road onto the spiritual path came through, um, so there was a spirit, the spirit of alcohol fueling me to sing. And, <laughs> um, and, so, and that's where, at the time where I was connecting with source mm -hmm. and spirit, I believe on some level that that, that was a, a portal which many people many seekers do find have gone down that path to, in their seeking so I, I know that i'm not the only person that's looked there and then um so that happened i started my singing lessons and then also i started to um, do the personal development work which involved going to um up to, to the north of england and uh, doing a weekend workshop where we didn't drink alcohol um, for the whole duration and then i got high on the personal development aspect and i right yeah i really really was soaking it up like a sponge and the first weekend i did i, I basically sobbed through the whole weekend no one else was crying but i was crying i had some sort of huge huge release yeah love there it. and so that opened the window of oh i can socialize i can be i can have fun without alcohol with being completely straight and not not um not altered in any way so that opened a portal chain of events happened and i said right i'm going to stop drinking and then i which i did 
but then I had a big blowout and ended up in this big blackout. A lot of those other things happened. Anyway, I just decided that um, a very amazing friend of mine um, took me to an organization <laughs> and suggested I went to a 12-step meeting. I'll say that, I can't study more. And I went, came into a 12-step program through that point, which oh, right. I know that there's a thing with, yes, so, so that's, that's my story. That was a huge, huge part of yeah, my yeah. growth. Well, it's so interesting because I remember, you know, like probably not that time, probably when I was a bit younger in my 20s, uh, being drunk in my girlfriend's car, having my legs hanging out the window and um, declaring that I wanted to be drunk all the time because I was so happy and relaxed, you know, and I was just yes. so happy. I was always a happy drunk. And I just felt like, I just felt free. Like there were no, I wasn't stressing. I wasn't striving. I just felt in the moment and I felt free. And I just still remember telling her, I think she told me afterwards because I was so drunk, I probably didn't remember the next day. You were so drunk. You remember what you said last night? She said, no, she said, you wanted to be drunk all the time. And, you know, when I gave up sort of that drinking culture, the personal growth kind of brings you back to that sense of joy and freedom without the alcohol. But most people think that, it's only with alcohol can I feel like that. And so, yeah, this is why we have this huge drinking culture, especially in the younger generation when we feel so insecure about who we are and we're so confused. Yes. Like, who am I? Yes. What am I doing here? I'll just get drunk that, and not think about so it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that was, that was where I was coming from. I was doing, I was doing the binge drinking at the weekend, gym, you know, the gym junkie during the week, trying to lose weight, trying to, be more attractive, trying to have a more successful relationship, trying to be on top of my job, all of this, trying to hold it all together. So by the time I'd get to Thursday or Friday, I was so over myself yeah. because I wasn't <laughs> so... And then just to have a few drinks, it, yeah, it's like it numbs, it sort of removes that all of those anxieties, yeah. they just fade away they momentarily. Just, yeah. They come back big time they after. They come back, especially with the, with the hangover yeah, on top. With the worse and the paranoia and all of that stuff. But I just, exactly the same as you, it was that simple. I just had a holiday from all of that pressure. Yeah. That was so, um, yeah, that was it. I felt relaxed. So, and then that, from that place, I could commune and connect with other people and have wonderful, as also I thought, deep conversations which were probably a lot of nonsense but at the time it was it was fantastic <laughs> I know you know I used to work in a pub in London when I was around 19 20 21 I can't remember I was young and uh you'd see people come in after work all dolled up looking beautiful it was like right on the king's road it was you know the sort of flashy oh, yeah. and uh and every, and there are lots of punks and that, that back in those days punk was really big um, I was sort of on the fringe of punk. I had a bit of a studded belt and, you know, spiky hair. But um, people would come in looking so sensible and have these lovely, polite conversations. And then you'd watch them get drunk and their conversations turn into gibberish <laughs> and their demeanour. Just You just watch people fall apart in front of you. <laughs> yes. It was just eye-opening to a young girl, like watching all these people that looked so successful and beautiful just become these dribbling idiots as they got drunk. And as you said... They thought that they were like having these great conversations, <laughs> but it was yes. just drivel most of the time anyway. And the end of the night, mascara all down the face, <laughs> carrying the shoes, like the, the work suit all crumpled. And... <laughs> anyway, at the time you came to see me, you were at that point where you were like asking about how do I, you know, really step on the path and get off the, the corporate treadmill. And so you and your husband at the time, you did, you, you did it, you left 
and you bought uh, some property up near Byron Bay and you moved up there to pursue a dream. Do you want to take us from there? Yes, yes. So, so that, all, that all happened. Um, so I did, I moved, and that's to, to cut the story short. Yes, we ended up moving to Australia, but did hear a thing in a 12-step meeting saying, don't make any major decisions in the first year, which is exactly what, but I'd already heard it after I'd made the major decision. So if anybody's listening, um, yeah, if you are, if you do give up, alcohol and it, that, that it is advised during those first year or two just to keep things very simple and not do anything major like move to Australia but I have since met quite a few people who were in a similar position to me who did met a lot of English people who are in Australia for, for decisions that they made around that but obviously I don't regret it but um, it was a big move uh, and then I ended up having a uh, sort of nervous system collapse uh, and I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome and able to leave my job and go um, go um, through various miracles that happened which was all around that time when I was um, seeing you lots of miracles unfolded which I won't go into now but um, we ended up moving up to near Byron Bay and in the beautiful country property um, and I went and studied music full time, did a music degree. So all of all of the intentions that I'd set out um, happened, and a lot of that was through personal development and processes through books and courses of, say for example, I'm just potted history, but say with manifesting, writing down where I wanted to live, how, what it looked like, um, that I wanted to study music full time. All of these were huge huge goals and at the time in the corporate world I had no idea how I was going to manifest that happening. So. Well darling one you've done it, you know, I've done it. You, you're yes. doing amazing work and you, you, you've, you live in the dream although you know the thing about living the dream is you're still all of us we still bump up against all the challenges that that life brings us like tech problems and you know all that stuff but uh, tell us the story about, I love the story that you and David told about your wedding because you came from all these different places, you know, had the corporate world, you had the 12 step program world, you had the personal growth world, you had the spiritual world, sort of the hippie. So you brought all these people together in your wedding day. And it, I've always felt like it would make such a great movie because you just had this hilarious story about what went on there. Oh yes, oh no, it was a wonderful. It was a wonderful day, and a lot of those people we've never, we've never seen them again. We had we I moved know. up there. We were early days, and so we just invited everybody that we could that we met. We just said, "Come to our wedding." So they all came, and then we also had friends from the corporate world, um, uh, and then on my new path, there was a beautiful woman. I think who you put me in touch with, amazing sound healer. Melinda, I think. Oh, that Melinda, was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Melinda was there. Melinda Patterson. Yeah. Who did she come? Music. Did she come and sing? Did yes, you? she came and she was doing light language right. transmission. Yeah. At the, at the wedding reception, which, which was really fantastic. But you know, that's kind of <laughs> there. And then we had people from the corporate world um, going, "Oh, what's this?" <laughs> we, but it all—it was just a huge melting pot of all different, of all different people. That I remember you telling me yes. at the time, uh, you and David telling me at the time, you know, watching all these different groups trying to interact with each other, because uh, it's hot and you're outside and you're, you know, up, you know, near Queensland where it's very hot. 
people were saying, oh, let me help your child and put some, um, you know, like, oh, that's right. Yes. Put some sunscreen on your child. And then these hippie people would be like, don't put that poison on my child. Yeah, and then right. there'd be the people getting drunk. And then the AA people saying, you know, like, look at those people getting drunk, that's you know, shaking. Right. And so everyone had their point of view about what life was about. It's in this melting pot. That's why I thought it would make the most hilarious comedy oh, with everyone's right. points of view, you know, the corporate world all very successful and looking beautiful and their high heels on the grass sinking into the grass and then the hippies with their bare feet running around. That is so true. That is exactly what it was like. And we were in that transition. We were kind of in the Venn diagrams that, you know, in the two two bits of the Venn diagram, still corporate world and um and then, yeah, wanting to be more earthy and, yeah, and the, the sun cream and the... And the light language. <laughs> the light language <laughs> was wonderful. <laughs> and then I had all my friends from the music college as well. So we had all muse, musos as well. And it was... It was and then, funny. When I got married many years ago to my first husband, my, my daughter's father, uh, I insisted on having a vegetarian wedding. We got this veget and all my friends, you know, Esther Suburbs friends are like, vegetarian. And then they all came up to me after and said, actually the food was quite nice. And I'm like, seriously? Like they just, if you can't not eat meat, you, the food's going to be terrible. It's just yes, like vegetables. You eat vegetables anyway. What's the difference? Anyway, it was funny. It wasn't too alternative, but there was definitely that melting pot of you know, the students I was studying naturopathy with and the hippie friends and the, you know, the ragers, the party people and, yeah, and, and the, the vegetarian menu. Oh, my God, no meat. <laughs> Back in I, the I know. <laughs> people freak out. It's, it's becoming, it's a lot more different now. Absolutely. I think to have, have a, a wedding now with a, a mixture of people, they, those people in the corporate world would still, if they were, in the corporate world, they would be going to yoga festivals, and that's that. It's it's kind of um, melting and merging a little bit more exactly. now. Yes, twenty years later. All right, <laughs> so take us through. Uh, so you're up there on the you've got married. You're up there on the property trying to carve out a career. What next? What happened next? Um, yes, yeah, so, so I studied at um, the, the conservatorium and at uh, Southern Cross University having the most amazing time that was just so wonderful studying music I was like a keen jean sat at the front row going me, me, me. so so that was wonderful uh, and then um, we ended up moving back down to Sydney for three years where we saw you again for, uh, because uh, I decided to do a music career down in Sydney mm. and do an uh, explore a jazz career and do all of that but then funnily enough when I got to Sydney I um, went on another bit of a spiritual journey and we went to India and so the music the spiritual music kind of took hold really and um, I, that's when I made my album uh, with Rick Price and I was I was a bit torn again it was the which world am I in and I was doing jazz sort of adult contemporary jazz type music but also chanting I discovered chanting and um and I, I want to mention also that right at the very beginning of, of the story when I just embarked on my spiritual journey and I'd given away the alcohol etc and that's I believe then I started channeling music because I remember sitting in a car and all of this music was starting to come out and it wasn't in light language at that point but Melinda did then introduce me light language which I'll talk about 
later. But um, yes, yeah, so I was down in Sydney and I went to see Rick Price and I, I took him all my music, so all my jazz stuff and all my more, what we'll call, would be now classed under the conscious music umbrella. That's the, it's a kind of new, different way of saying new age music, but more conscious, inspirational spiritual based songs so when yes. when was that that was before 2012 because i remember when you were living it was in, before 2012 yeah, when yes. you were living in yes. sydney you were living up far where yeah. i was living up on the northern beaches and i went to your place and we had a we had a few gatherings at your place and one of the gatherings we were talking about what's going to happen in 2012 i remember either That's you right. or david i think david asked me do you know what's going to happen i said yeah, I know what's going to happen. You know, I'm going to have a big birthday. It's like, is the world going to end? We're all worried about the world ending. But, um, you know, looking back on 2012 from now, there was a really huge shift in 2012. Like when I meet people and, and, and interview people, that like so many people had huge awakenings around that time. So it wasn't like this big end of the world, you know, bang, but these just activations all over the world of people waking up and you only see it like later on down the track when they've sorted themselves out and now they're channeling or or doing something and, and you ask them when did that happen oh in 2012 so there was yes. this really huge shift in 2012 that we were discussing at your place did you yes know? and and it did happen it did happen definitely then because then i can't remember the chronological order but that's right then Max was born shortly after then, and then we moved. Oh no, Matt, hang on, no, 2012. Yeah, we moved back up to. That's right. So we Max being up. your son. Yes, Max was born, and then we moved back up to the Shannon. Yes, Max, my son, who is now 12, he was born, and we moved back up to um, the Northern Rivers again. Um, and on the 2012 point we uh, i was i was actually quite worried i had some friends saying stay away from the coast this i'm being really honest they said stay away from the coast on the was it the 21 12 2012 that was the pivotal well they're still day, saying that I think. people are still saying that you know i had a young channel uh who on the show who's channeling krishna and and she was working in the corporate world too like she woke up about two years ago and she was guided to move away from the coast too so she's moved up sort of past Mullum Way up in the Northern Rivers. But yeah, so people are still saying, stay away from the coast. And I'm like, oh, well, if there's going to be some disaster on the coast, I'm going, because <laughs> I'm on the coast, you know. That's right, that's right, that's right. And, and at the time, I, I mean, we were 40 minutes inland from the coast, but then so just on the 21st of December, which was the, the port all day, uh, so I said, okay, I'm definitely not going. <laughs> I'm definitely not going down to Byron on those days. And I said that. Right, that's it, hundred percent. And then I got a call from my beautiful friend Sangeeta. This was about three or four weeks before, saying, "Oh, would you like to come and sing with us at the Uplift Festival in Byron Bay, <laughs> which is this fabulous festival?" And I ended up performing there as a soloist and and with um uh, with Sangeeta and Mantra Ray. We did this amazing show so that all went out the window and i thought oh well if i get to do music I'll... <laughs> so we all went down there and yes it wasn't the big disaster that people said it was going to be it was this amazing awakening that, that it was a perfect Absolutely. place to be uplift festivals all about and it was it was on those days those late days leading up to christmas for that exact purpose of 
having the festival fall on the 21st of the 12th. And it was palpable being there, and they had um, incredible speakers from all over the world talking about environmental yeah. issues and issues of oneness and joining everyone together. And so it was such a privilege to be there and experience the opposite of what the media, the people saying, oh, you know, it's all disaster. A lot of, a lot of scaremongering. Uh, and in fact, it was the opposite of that. It was this huge awakening, this shifting into one, more oneness consciousness and bringing like-minded people together. It's interesting how we can live, like we was talking about your wedding, we can live inside our bubbles and not really see what else happens until you go to a wedding and you bring all those little bubbles together. But, um, you know, 2012, there was this huge awakening and next year, 2020, there will be even more, uh, you know, mass awakenings too. I've been told by my mob and different people. So it's going to happen all over again. You know, we were all talking about it before 2012, but 2020 is much the same. So yeah, look out kids, but it doesn't happen so that you notice it. It just unfolds, you know, it's not like bang, you notice it. It's just, it just unfolds. You just meet more and more people. Like I, when I met you saying, I've got to change my life. I've got to do something different. I've got to sing. I've got to channel night like we jaw. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that's such a radical departure from, on, on one level from where I was outwardly, it was such a big departure. But I was reading one of my old diaries from when I was about 13. And I can see even just from the writing there, I can still see it's the same delicate person in there. There's no real change. I just tried on a few different masks for a bit just to, to fit in, but the, the core of, the, of who we are hasn't changed. We've just sort of morphed into some, something else. Okay, so we had a few tech problems, but we're back. Let's talk about the light language. When did the light language kick in? So you met Melinda like about 20 years ago and she was channeling it. When did you start, when did it start to download? Because I have to say to everyone who's listening, I went to one of your concerts recently in Sydney and I was just blown away at your level of connection and what you were doing. And I had a profound shift, you know, listening to the, what you were doing. It was amazing, you know, amazing things going on. So it's going on, honey. You've got it all going Thank on. You. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Karen. Oh, it was wonderful to have you there. It was a pretty magical night. Yeah, there was lots happening on, on that night. So the timing of it was... It was you, you told me about Melinda, you did. And I think I told you around this time when I went, just before I became ill, oh, that's right, that's part of my story, I became ill and was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, which was all around the time that I saw you, which that enabled me to give, give up my job and move to the Northern Rivers because I... Uh, yeah, I, I received financial assistance um, through insurance because I was so ill. And so that was a pivotal change. And around that time, I was very ill. That's right. And I spoke with you. And I was listening to a woman called Camilla Nova. And I, I think you may have even told me about her with the, with the crystal singing bowls. And I was very ill with this chronic fatigue syndrome, which I believe was lots of other things but it was good that it had a label um, I just couldn't think straight everything was very confused and I would just be listening to these crystal balls was lying down and listening to Camilla's music 
and I kept having visions of myself um, in a healing room singing and with my hands just above someone's and I kept seeing that image and I told you and, and you said ah you've got to go and see Melinda and that coincided with a trip up to near Byron Bay and I went and had a session with her and it was really profound and she was uh, speaking in light language and delivering light codes and I just remember not being phased by it at all it felt very familiar and very I felt very at home with it and I was extremely depleted and very ill physically, almost to the point where I was going to have to cancel the trip up there because I was so ill. That, that really, really turned things around for me. Um, and then I went to see her at the Starlight Festival in Bangalore, Bangalore, which is a beautiful festival. It happens in January, at the beginning of January in 2020. Uh, and I went to her workshop and she was talking and singing in light language. I think mainly speaking, and then she invited us. It was just a little mini workshop in the middle of the festival, and I sat there and was drinking in every word she said. Uh, and then she invited us all to, in the audience, to say, okay, just allow the light lamp, just trust, just allow, don't listen to your chattering mind, it's going to tell you you're being silly, just allow the words to flow. And my, even at the time, my ego went, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this. And all of a sudden, the, this stuff started pouring out of my mouth in a very humble situa situation sitting in a little village hall and in it on a plastic chair with lots of random and lots of other people but all this um, sound and light language came out and, um, and, and to begin with it was very tentative and this was the very early days of it and I started to do little sessions with people for friends and just be with them and sing them little songs in light language and um, do a little bit of I've done a little bit of Reiki so having that hands-on contact as well um, and that was the early in the days and then then I went on to study so that was the beginning and then after that I went to union studies more technically the, the music and so the light language then um, and that's right and at the time I did a teacher training course whilst I was studying singing at the, at the conservatorium I did Chris James's um, teacher training he's a amazing sound healer and beautiful being and he did a two-week intensive teacher training course um, in sound healing and toning especially we did a lot of using how to use pure sculpted sound on um, excuse me my dog's just yeah I can hear him <laughs> Alrighty, so you did uh, a workshop with Chris James, bless Chris, Chris James. I um, met him again after years recently. He was doing a talk in Sydney at a, at a conscious living festival here a couple of years ago. Yeah, he was big. He was big back then. I don't, he's not really singing anymore. He's doing more corporate work. But um, so it, it all shifted then. I think we should um, Start. Is there anything more to your story you want to say, or should we get um, yes, to a, a yes. sound? Let's do a sound activation or some light language. So we're going to go straight into a bit of a sound activation, sound healing, and listen to Lou's incredible voice. And um, she's just going to channel this for all of you that are listening and watching. It's just going to come through. Anything else you want to say about it, Lou? No, just um, timing-wise, because. <laughs> Because as with this, once I go, then uh, yeah, we're just, just getting an idea of how long. Oh, 10 minutes. You know, okay. Just, yeah, just a little message and 
yeah, for whatever, who's ever listening for what's happening in the now moment, bringing us up to the end of the year, beginning of the new year and just clearing some energies. Go for it. Thank you, Karen. So, yes, thank you. So it's my intention to bring through light language, sound, sonic frequencies for all that are listening at this time and also for all people that are drawn to listen in the coming weeks, months, possibly years to bring you through this activation and sound and light language.
Just beautiful, just divine, sublime, divine, sublime. Thank you. Yeah, that was gorgeous. There's so many flavors that come through. There's like this real Tibetan thing that happens, you know, like this Tibetan monk, sort of like that deep, low chanting, like the Tibetans do. It's just incredible. And then, like we said at the beginning, you can go from that really deep to that really high. You know, you've got this huge range. Oh, it's amazing. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, and I just step out of step out of the way, basically, and I'm a pipe or a conduit for what comes what comes through. So yes, and it always comes through despite despite tech issues um, or whatever is happening. Um, I'm learning to be very centered in, in the center of that at the request of the energy that's coming through. So whatever happens, sometimes energetically, I don't know what it is with this energy, technology can play up even in the last minute if you're um, 
even no matter how prepared one is, things, random things can happen. But then if I stay centered, I can always troubleshoot to still bring the sounds. So there will always be a solution if I keep my call and the sound that it's like, come on, come on, we're ready. We want it, 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 the energy wants to, wants to be delivered. Um, and it, it happens. So yeah. however it happens, there's a, I will find a way to facilitate. And that's just me particularly. I use technology. So I use microphones and keyboards and technology because also if I feel, I believe that the sound resonant quality, um, when, when I add microphones and um, delays and reverbs, that, that also is part of what I'm doing to deliver the sound in a certain um, form of expression and at a certain frequency. So that's my mission is to, to be doing this music at, at, with the world's best equipment. You know, they'll have visions of huge stages with it, just the, the biggest stacks of the, the best quality speakers that will bring just incredible clarity and substance. And I was saying that to somebody a couple of years ago, and I was saying, I don't know why, why am I wanting to strive, but why am I wanting it at that level? And they said, they said because that is when it, it, it can be, it could be delivered in any format, but when, it's, when it could be delivered in like a huge stadium's uh, level of sound quality, that also is part of the delivery system yeah. as well. So that it, as she said, you, you are wanting to bring through the highest possible form of expression of this energy. So that really made sense to me because I was thinking, I don't want to be yearning for stuff, but just be grateful for the beautiful sound equipment that you've got and what you're using now. And even just the raw voice with no microphone, that's also extremely powerful. But there's this... Uh, yes, there's something that happens with certain sonic frequencies, including bass frequencies as well, which is why I'm also really am passionate about doing conscious dance music and bringing in, so using electronica as well in that blend with the voice. So it's all channeled on all levels. So even the electronic equipment is working in a channeled way. I'm just getting a download now. Um, before they were saying sometimes we hold the vision for something that will happen, you know, even beyond our lifetime. And then I'm saying, because I'm thinking about you and other people that have held really big visions for light language and sound and stuff like that. And then I'm questioning them and saying, well, why does it have to be beyond our lifetime? And they said, well, you'll see that um, things will shift. The more people that tune into this frequency, the more availability there will be for it to be on a bigger scale. So you'll see that happening, you know, you'll see that happening more and more. So instead of it just being little podcasts or just one-on-one, -on -one, there'll be these, you know, now it's in festivals, but then there'll be these big sort of concerts and things that it'll start to expand the more people that tune into it. Um, yeah. So they're just giving me that vision now. And uh, it doesn't have to be beyond our lifetime, but it definitely, you're, you know, a way shower. It'll definitely be much more uh, expanded beyond our lifetime. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like and then we'll be, be back to. <laughs> might come back. Yeah. We can either walk into a body and like, yeah. I want to have some of that, or we can come back as a baby. Whatever. But yeah. So time. Yeah. We don't have to worry about getting it all done in this lifetime. We've um, we've got eternity to play with. 
got eternity that's, to play. That's with. right. That's right. But yeah, having that big vision, you know, holding that vision. Because as you were talking about your big vision, I was seeing, uh, you know, the two cellos, the guys that play the cello, they're called the two cellos. Yes, they yes. play in amphitheaters, they play to packed audiences, but their music is, um, it's mainstream music, but it's done in a sort of way that they're using the cello to play rock music or, you know, or sort of like hip-hop or whatever like all sort of genres which is what normally you don't hear from the cello you hear classical music so they're breaking the mold in that respect and they're playing to filled out you know they use they're european and they use the old stadiums that they have that are sort of like ruins and they light up these stadiums and there's like thousands of people in these stadiums listening to this music and as you were sharing your vision with me i saw that i saw an old like amphitheater stadium and people singing light language and conscious music but yes we're not ready for that just yet we're getting close but we're not ready for that just yet so um but it'll happen yeah it sure will it sure will because people will be feeling it as well so that's it they'll be feeling that and they'll be it'll, it's so palpable when people do get it not get it but when when it, it touches people and it speaks to people. It, it's, it's a palpable physical effect that they have. And I sometimes find it hard to articulate. So the way I do it is just, I just go, it's, it's this. And I just go, it's the two thumbs up, which just means it, it's good. And that's, that's <laughs> because if I go beyond trying to articulate any of this, it's beyond words. Whereas for me, the two thumbs up just goes, yeah, that's it. Correct. That's it. That's the yeah. thing. That's the spot. And that, it, that's it, it, it's going it, to it's going to resonate with people that are that are vibing in a similar vibe. And not everybody is. It's a bit like a wedding, right. right? So there are a whole lot of thought forms and ideas and ideologies and belief systems, you know, that w don't resonate with each other. And and some people will hear it and go, "Oh my god!" And some people will go, oh, "I don't get it." You know what? You know, so because it just depends on where they're vibing, where they're placing their focus and where they're vibing. So as we shift into a more unified, more galactic perspective as a collective, it will vibe with more people. But there'll be a lot of people that go, I don't get it. Not my, not the people that listen to my show, but, you know, the mainstream audience, they'll go, oh, yeah, pretty. Like I remember Ananara, you know, my friend Ananara, that's, um, you, you so remind me of her when you channel the language of light. But she, you know, her sister would say, oh, that screeching stuff that you do, you know, she really didn't get it initially, <laughs> you know, all oh, that silly stuff that you do. Uh, so it, it does resonate with those that are ready for it and it won't with people that are not. Yeah, because it is a That's frequency right. shift and we're all going through frequency shifts. So a bit like, you know, music. Some people love punk rock and some like classical. So whatever resonates. That's with right. That's right. Uh, Oh, darling, well, it's been such a joy and a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank and you. Sharing your stories and your beautiful galactic celestial voice and vision with us. It's just been just such bliss. I've loved it and I love listening to your podcast. So I'm so honoured to be a part of that, part of the family and, <laughs> um, and people sharing so, so deeply. It's, just, it's a very safe space um to share the, the real the real deep stuff that's that's happening and, and share our gifts and, and how we're connecting in with this new energy and 
these shifts that are happening. So yeah, it's wonderful. So thank yeah. you. Look out 2020. Here yeah. we come. You're spreading the word and it's reaching people and, and it will be reaching more and more people. Yeah. More and more people will find you. Absolutely. So, I, I don't know why it's taken me this long to put you on the show, actually. I, I, <laughs> I just sort of, yeah, sometimes it's just like I go, duh, why didn't I think of, you know, Lou? Anyway, but um, I think it was when I saw you in Sydney recently, which was a couple of months ago now, I just thought, wow, I, ha I have to, you know, put you on the show and share your gifts with the world because um, they are amazing. And do you ever, yeah, you do do international stuff too, don't you? Travel. Yes, yes. Um, yes, I'm hoping to come to England and, and Europe in the next couple of years. I've just got to sort that out. Um, I'm doing a lot of um, sound healing journeys, my own events, running my own sound healing journeys uh, in Sydney, Melbourne, uh, and, and other cities, Brisbane, and up in the Sunshine Coast, and then I'll um, solidify that and then take it also to to Europe as well, and maybe the States. So that that's coming up. And yes, I'm open to <laughs> coming to festivals and connecting with people because I know when that's the thing. When if I turn up and I'm out there, um, then I make connection. I, I make the connections with those I'm meant to make the connections with, and you know, and um, yeah. So I'm open to whatever uh unfolds so yes anywhere in the world a lot as long as my son max can come that's just <laughs> a lot more to unfold so for people yes. listening on audio you can find lou at louvanstone.com and uh, you're also you've got a instagram and youtube and all that sort of yeah, stuff and facebook yeah facebook is the name and i'm just mastering the the sort of subtleties of facebook marketing which is a great tool um and that i'm lou vanstone music so you can like me on facebook and then instagram i'm going to, i'm on there but i'm i want to really i'm studying up on all of these um, marketing tools so um i will be jenning up more on instagram in the near future but uh, yeah facebook's the one the main one i'm using at the moment beautiful yes thanks again blessings karen thank you so much how beautiful is Lou Vanstone? Her music and her sound and light language, it's just, you should get her albums, honestly. I'm not getting a cut for getting her albums. That she, she is amazing. She did say to me, if you want a free download, if you join my newsletter or email me, uh, I'll send you a link to get a free download. And um, she's offering that as a gift to our listeners if you want to hear more of her music uh, without purchasing a, you know, CD or whatever. How do you buy music these days? It's usually MP3s. But uh, her, all her albums are amazing. As she said, or as I said, there's nine of them and they are absolutely divine. Really just beautiful, divine. She's amazing. Thanks again for watching another show, Accentuating the Positive. Coming up to the end of the year, where are we today? We're in December. We're still burning down under. Oh, 6th of December and the second, uh, go, about to go into the second week of December. Yes, there's just smoke everywhere in Sydney. Uh, you can't hang your washing out. It just gets filled with ash. It's, it's incredible what's happening in this part of the world. Wrapping up 2019, going into 2020. Oh, I wonder what 2020, the beginning of 2020 has in store. But uh, as I said on Facebook, I haven't seen a blue sky for a few weeks. It's just been a haze of smoke. 
there's just so many bushfires burning around Australia at the moment. So fun times, fun, fun times. <laughs> but with all the tech problems that Lou and I had today, you know, it, it, there's that message that I talk about on the show all the time, that regardless of what is happening, can you find your peace? Can you find peace of mind? Can you not make it matter in your stress level? Can you just say, oh, well, you know, this is happening, but how can I find my peace? How can I find my joy? How can I find my bliss again? Because, uh, yes, your bliss is not about what's happening to you. It's about finding it regardless of what's happening to you. Happy for no reason. You know, not looking for reasons for your happiness or your bliss or your calm or your connection to source, but finding it inside the chaos, inside the drama, finding it, being deliberate about finding it. And uh, that's the journey we're on, isn't it? This is called life. <laughs> this contrasting, a polarized journey that we come into to return to love again inside the drama that we all experience. So I hope you can do that over this holiday season. I hope you can find your bliss, find your peace, find your connection to your source, your mob, your galactic guides, and let's see what's in store for us in 2020. Maybe you will have some sort of activation even listening to these shows and start downloading wisdom from higher realms or light language or music or and I'll have you on the show in the next couple of years. <laughs> Oh, yes, who's coming up? I've got another sound, Mistress Sound Master, Galactic Goddess, coming up next week as well, a shamanic sound person. So a bit more music towards the end of the year. And, uh, and then another person uh, who also channels uh, galactic and language of light. So as we're finishing off the end of the year, we're going music and galactic. <laughs> I hope you're all having a great time. Remember, if you want to join us in the Inner Sanctum, Courtney Beck is coming in in a week or so to um, share her story with us and, uh, you know, you get to meet her. She's been on the show, Watch My Show with Courtney. It was beautiful, profound and scary. That was the person I was talking about who started, uh, she was in the corporate world and then started channeling Krishna and Krishna told her to move away from the coast. And so she did, like Lou did 20 odd years ago. Uh, yeah, so we'll be quizzing Courtney and seeing what's been happening since I've had her on the shows. She's been touring the United States and I think they're back in Australia now. So that's coming up in the Inner Sanctum. And of course, you get to meet me and you can quiz me and my guides as well. I'm online once or twice a month in the Inner Sanctum. Remember to buy that book, Awakened by Death, reminders of how we can find our bliss even, even inside this dramatic contrast that we live here death seems to be the thing that freaks people out most uh, it's a great read and love you all see you later bye for now <laughs>